With free agent decisions pending in the Chicago Bulls, we're going to talk about the biggest candidates to sign Kobe White away from the Chicago Bulls. We're also going to dive into the mailbag. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod. If you want to follow me personally, you can do so at CEO Hayes, the CEO H-A-I-Z-E. It's Sunday, so it's a mailbag day. Also, members, I know. Since the season slowed down, I was not post a members-only video. You will be getting a members-only video before the end of today. But with that being addressed, going into free agency, one of the biggest questions for the Chicago Bulls, it's what's going to happen with Kobe White. And I want to talk about some of the bigger candidates that are a threat to sign Kobe White away from the Chicago Bulls. And the first one I want to bring up is the Brooklyn Nets. Now, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, and if they decide to go full youth movement, right, that is betting on Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, they could absolutely be looking to sign Kobe White and adding him to that young core that they have down there, right? They're also a team that isn't probably going to have very many expectations. They can be, yes, they were a playoff team this year. They're probably going to be more so fighting for playoff, uh, play-in position next season. But if they, if they believe in the youth movement of this team and they're going to try to, you know, win some games while also having those, those first-round picks that they got back for their stars that they traded away, the Nets could absolutely Look to add a talented guard in Kobe White uh, next to Spitzer Dinwiddie. Move Mikael Bridges back to the three position. Side kind of everyone down in that area and have a pretty solid lineup of just people who are all solid defensively, offensively, who also can, you know, pass, move the ball around. That could be a fun offense to watch down there. And with the Brooklyn Nets set to have, uh, I think, about $30 million in cap space, they absolutely could look to, to potentially bring in Kobe White to that team. The next one up that I think is the next biggest threat is the Utah Jazz, especially if Jordan Clarkson does leave in free agency. I do think, I do look at them as being, uh, you know, much like with the uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. Youth movement kind of going down there. Don't have very many expectations. They have so many draft picks coming in, though, that it may it may hurt them as far as their ability to really try to add to their roster. Yes, they have a couple of roster spots open. I think they can have as many as three or four roster spots open, but they got a number of picks coming in over the over the next few years. And would they want to attach that type of money to a player that they very well may draft somebody that they see more of a future with? But I do think that the Utah Jazz could be looking to maybe make an acquisition, and Kobe White could be that acquisition. Next up is the Charlotte Hornets. Now, the Charlotte Hornets are the biggest question mark on this list for me. They are the third list and the final one on this um final team on this list. And the reason why I say that, they do have $30 uh, million in salary cap space coming up. Kelly Obre is a, a free agent, and he could potentially leave as well. You look at adding him to uh, to LaMelo Ball if they end up bringing uh, back Bridges. Uh, you know, that that's another thing of Miles Bridges if they do have a reunion there and bring him in. But they could look to sign a young, talented guard who can play off ball or on ball, and that could, you know, pair nicely with LaMelo Ball. That could be a target. But much like I said, with the uh, Utah, I mean, sorry, with the uh, uh, yeah, with the Utah Jazz, they have only so many roster spots open, and they got draft picks coming in as well. They may just not have the right now. It's not hard to open up a roster spot if you do. They have some unguaranteed contracts down there, but that may be one of the things that hurt them on potentially going after 
a Kobe White. But, you know, that's just kind of some of my thoughts, process on it. Um, and, and, you know, some of the, the, the people that could be looking to, to sign Kobe White, that's not to say that some of these other teams may not either. We never really know what moves may happen at the draft to kind of open roster spots, open up some more salary, you know, teams using, you know, trading out their draft pick and bringing in salary. So you just never know with that. But, you know, Kobe White, I think it, it there's while there are teams with cap space, there are only so, so many teams that really make sense to try to go after Kobe White for long term money. I almost put the Detroit Pistons on this list, but when you look at it, uh, you know, Kay Cunningham coming back. They got Jaden Ivey down there. Yeah, three guard rotations are a thing in the NBA, and they could look to add him again to another youth movement down there. But again, I don't necessarily see them being a team that may do that. Again, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think I, I feel pretty confident that, you know, those the teams that I put on the list are going to be teams that are interested. The Spurs could be another one. We've already talked about them a little bit. They could have cap space and you know it depends on what they decide to do with their roster going forward they still have to spend a certain amount of money so that could put them in the Kobe White sweepstakes as well but I don't know hey guys let me know what you guys think on it down below do you think that um do you think there are any other candidates that could look to potentially sign away uh Kobe White from the Bulls in this offseason let me know what you guys think on that down below all right let's go ahead and get into the voicemails for today this first one coming up uh we got three for today this first one coming up this one's from Josh what up, guys? Um, my name is Josh, and uh, I just really want to leave out a couple of things that you know, as a Bulls fan, have really been bugging me. Um, especially with free agency, I think it's like such a big deal this year, especially if we, you know, end up signing Vucevic for less than eighteen million, um, which I think is more than likely, and then signing, re-signing uh Kobe White for less than fifteen, fifteen and a half million. Like, do we, like, what do you think? Do you think we would have less? Like possibilities of bringing in good free agents, like decent role players for minimums, or do you think we can somehow, you know, get the disabled player exception to help us out, the mid-level exception? Like, what, what is, what is your like hot take on that? Because honestly, I don't know why, but I've been very um obsessed almost with Jalen McDaniels. I don't know why, but I think he is the most versatile defender in the NBA. But one of, at least, and I think he would fit perfect with the Chicago Bulls. You know, almost the same thing with, like, being able to sign and trade Io DeSumo, if that's even a possibility. You know, I've just been I've been looking at so many scenarios and, like, almost as, almost as if I'm the GM, you know. But, you know, that's just my thoughts. And, like, also the, the draft. And the draft has really been something I'm not paying attention to because I just personally don't think we're going to get a pick. I don't know how we get a pick, but... At the end of the day, I'm kind of just confused on, like, what the next season will be like. I definitely do believe we'll bring back Vucevic and Kobe White. But then after that, what do we do? You know, I'm really trying to figure that out. But uh, anyways, you know, thank you. You know, I love your podcast, your videos, you know. Uh, so, yeah, have a good one, man. All right, and Josh brings up Jalen McDaniels. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. When you initially brought him up, first off, my mind went to Jaden McDaniels, who the Timberwolves aren't letting go of anytime soon. But then... No, looking at Jalen McDaniels and looking at, like, what he's been able to do, uh, you know, in, in a very minimal role, right, uh, on top of that, because it was very minimal. Uh, he he uh, only he started three games out of the 24 he played last year for the, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. He had averages of 9.4 points per game. Um, he uh, 4.3 rebounds per game, 1.6 assists per game, and 45% shooting from the field, and that was combined between his time in Charlotte and his time in Philly last season. Um, and you know, especially when you look at a three-point, uh, in Philly, he shot 40% from three, taking one and a half 
per game, basically. Now, he took three when he was in uh, Charlotte, uh, three three-pointers per game, and he averaged that at about 32% clip. So, again, not an amazing three-point shooter by any stretch of the imagination, but a solid one and one that you can't leave open like you can some of the people we've had playing power forward for us, Alex Caruso, uh, last season. But, you know, so, but the thing that I look at this is 6'9", 205 pounds, like, do we think that Billy Donovan is going to trust him any more than he trusts Patrick Williams? Now, Jalen McDaniels, 25 years old, has been in the league a lot longer, kind of really understands his role, I think, a little bit better than Patrick Williams. I think we can also, which is sad to say, maybe trust him to be a little bit more aggressive. But much like with the suggestion uh, uh, yesterday, I still look at this and say, does Terry Taylor not bring some of this? Now, he doesn't bring the shooting, right? But he's not bring some of this at probably a much lower contract for the Chicago Bulls next year if they're just looking to add some power forward depth. Yes, he's not as tall as Jalen McDaniels, and he's not the on-ball defender that Jalen McDaniels is, but he's a much better rebounding. His rebounding rate and percentage is so much higher than uh, what Jalen McDaniels has done so far in his career. And keep in mind, I also think that this Bulls team is just cheap, so always kind of my mind always kind of goes to the cheaper option. But I'll tell you what, Jalen McDaniels shouldn't be somebody who like commands a huge contract either, and I do think that he is somebody that Potentially, we can go out and experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today and maybe try to bring in. I'm, I'm not saying that it's a bad move at all. As far as your other question, as far as what level kind of free agency are the Bulls going to operate in, I've kind of talked about it on yesterday's episode. I really just think when it comes down to this for the Chicago Bulls, it's going to be mid-level exception money. I don't know if they open up, like, between what they are trying to do with Vooch, what they're trying to do with Kobe, I do think they're going to be motivated to sign both those players back. Um, and everything else is going to be, it's going to be a lot of minimums. It's going to be, you know, kind of probably splitting up that mid-level exception, using that biannual exception. The one thing that hurts, your question about the disabled player exception, is just that even in using that, that still counts Lonzo Ball's uh, contract against the salary cap. So using that disabled player exception can send you into the luxury tax. That's why I don't necessarily think it's common that, that it's likely that the Bulls use that. I would love to be surprised by that. Let me be clear. I would love absolutely to be surprised by that. I just don't know if it's likely. So I think you're looking at around this, the right level of free agency. I do think it's going to be mid-level exception type money for anyone maybe even breaking that up again like we did last year with giving Andre Drummond part of it. And then the other part went to Goran Dragic, I believe. So, yeah, just be on the lookout for that. But very great question. Thank you for sending in that voicemail, Josh. Let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Brian Washington. Hey, what's up, hey? This your boy. Brian Washington, and uh, I ain't been watching the show lately. I kind of stopped watching the games and stuff, too, man. But um, I was just listening to your show, tuning in, and uh, about the Caruso thing, do, do I think the Bulls should move him? For two reasons. I don't like Caruso really that much because, to me, he's a liability all over the floor. only thing he 
probably got his defense. He has a bigger person for him, so his defense don't live up when you got all these big power when you're playing against big power forwards. And my main reason is that I want them to move him because I know Billy Donovan is not going anywhere soon, and I hate the fact that he's Billy he's Billy Donovan's pet. Because I don't like how I think Billy Donovan plays to lose that Miami game because. You got Patrick Williams, a bigger body, sitting on the bench, and all that. And, you know, it's just like, why do you have this bigger body, better offense, can create his own offense, better shooter, sitting on the bench? You know, so I don't like that Donovan Caruso combination. So, yeah, get rid of him or get rid of the coach. But if you, I know the coach ain't going anywhere, so, yeah, yeah, get rid of Caruso. I don't like when uh, coaches have their pet and they knock the fuck Hey, Brian doesn't like Alex Caruso. And and this is why I say all the time, like, and for you to say he's a liability all over the floor, no. Caruso's only a liability when it comes to shooting. Um, the liability he has guarding other players, like I said on yesterday's episode, I don't blame that on him. That's a Billy Donovan issue with playing him out of position when we do have bigger bodies that we could use at the four. Uh, but what he, Alex Caruso does for ball movement on the team, right, he's one of the only players to actually follow up their shots, cut to the basket, um, you know, the defense. The defense isn't something you can just overlook, right? It's not like he plays marginally good defense. He plays great defense, right? And yeah, even with when he's undersized, he typically still does play really damn good defense. It's just when it gets down the stretch, it just it doesn't have the same impact because players are just used. Let me use my length or just brute strength against Alice Cruz. So again, I don't blame that on him. I blame that on the coach because the coach is putting him in that position. Um, so I'm not negative. Even in me bringing up that trade yesterday, it wasn't me. It was just me talking about a trade that Bleacher Report had presented. And even then, I still more like more likely than not, if I had just all things even, keep Alice Caruso just because of that defense, because of what he how he helps the Bulls get out in transition with forcing turnovers, things like that. And, you know, I, I don't like when people, well, let me not say that, but, I mean, I understand for some people, especially when they want the splash things to not really understand the way that Caruso impacts the game, but Caruso has a very posit big positive impact for the Chicago Bulls in most games. But that's my thoughts. You guys can let me know what you guys think down below. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one, this one's from Shay. What's up, Hayes? This is Shay. You know, I've had time to think about this, and you probably already thought about this as well, but I'm going to just come out and say it. The Chicago Bulls ain't going to get a new point guard. I think if we bring when we bring Kobe White back, and I, and I think that that's going to be the main priority along with Booch, they're going to make Kobe White their starting point guard. Now, look, I know that we probably need a point guard like Fred VanVleet, but I, I feel like with Kobe White increasing his again game and getting better this year, I feel like the Bulls know that he's going to get better within the offseason. So the way I see it is this. They're going to make him the starting point guard come next year. And when you because when you think about it, before we got DeMar DeRozan, Busevich got Kobe White some of his highest assist rating when he first came on the Bulls. And I feel like with Kobe White being that starting point guard, he will look for Nikola Vucevic much more, and that will get him more active active in the offense. And on top of that, I feel like Kobe White has earned a look at, at the starting point guard spot. That's just my opinion. 
Anyway, too much thing. All right, Shay. Will the Bulls not bring in a, a, a point guard? Here's what I'll say with that, Shay. The scenario that you painted is likely. And I think I even said this on the episode that one of the more likely scenarios for this Bulls team this offseason is for the Bulls to re-sign Kobe, re-sign Vooch, maybe add some size or shooting or whatever, and then put Kobe White in that starting point guard lineup and kind of bring it back in a way, right? Because they only have so much money to spend. And unless they're doing that disabled player exception and they can go into the luxury tax if the Reinsdorfs approve that, otherwise it's not really... It, it, you know, like I said, your scenario is looking very likely because they have so much that they need to add to this team with some shooting and some size, and we don't have a draft pick to kind of bring in a player. Well, we don't project to have a draft pick to kind of bring in a player um, that's, that's kind of a cheaper deal at either one of those spots. I do think that it's likely Kobe White's going to come back, and they may try to start Kobe White, and that may be the thing of, hey, you know, you can already see uh, AK. You know, we we really we really happy with what Kobe White showed last season. You know, we feel like, running him back as a starting point guard, you know, that's really going to add a new dynamic and some shooting that, that we need to help change our shooting pro. All those buzzwords that AK uses, that's going to be used if Kobe, if they ride with Kobe White as the starting point guard next season. But let's keep in mind, too, if they do run Kobe as the new starting point guard, that doesn't, that doesn't, it helps them actually focus on some of the other things that they need to do. Shooting, size, right? You can't, the Bulls aren't going to address it all. And I know that's going to upset some Bulls fans because they want to see it all addressed every offseason. It's just not feasible. We're not going to address our shooting, our size, and a starting level point guard unless we find that all in one player and you're not. Uh, you just We just don't have the money. Or it's going to take trades to facilitate some of that. Moving on from a Caruso, moving on from a DeMar DeRozan, moving on from uh, whatever other players, Zach Levine, and then even then, like, what are you subtracting by at, through adding and things like that? So it, it, the Bulls are in a situation that I don't envy, and it's going to be a tough offseason, and it's going to be an offseason where they're going to have to get extremely creative if they want to add something meaningful to this team and change this way. But I do think that it is a likely scenario that Kobe, they may run it back with Kobe White as a starting point guard next season. And then if they do end up re-signing Io as well, still doing that guard rotation of Io, Kobe, Alice Caruso somewhere in there. Hopefully they add more size to where Caruso isn't our starting power forward or Patrick Williams shows enough in training camp and maintains onto that starting position as well. Those are kind of the things we're looking at from the Bulls this offseason. I think that is one of the more realistic outcomes. Let's see if they can work some magic and we can get an outcome that we don't see. But that's it for today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.